The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Monday, May the 18th, 2020. The topic today, betrayed. Last Friday, in the House of Representatives, there was a vote on a new $3 trillion stimulus package in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic here in the U.S., And that package was entitled the HEROES Act. It was billed as an act to give money to care workers, to support strengthening of voting rights and the integrity of this November's election. And it also was to give another round of stimulus check payments to all Americans, except this time for every American under $100,000 of earnings. So it would be $100,000 and below. The act was also passed and it included provisions for the undocumented to receive stimulus check money because in the bill that was passed in March of this year, The undocumented did not receive any money. Only their spouses would. So if they were here in this country and they were married to an American citizen, they would not get the money simply because, as the Trump administration said, well, you know, you don't have a Social Security number, you're undocumented, therefore you don't get the money. So this new bill was intended and did intend and includes for the undocumented to receive monies for all the things they do. Most of the people on the front lines, a good portion of them are undocumented workers. The people who are dying from COVID-19 are disproportionately undocumented workers in aspects of the service sector because they are coming into contact with the public. They do not have the luxury of working from home. They do not have the privilege of being able to stay home for the rest of their working lives as people who work for Twitter were told to do last week. Literally told that they could work from home permanently, no matter where they were.
all of that is to say that the vote was a close vote on Friday. It was a rather close vote. And what happened with that vote was that on Friday evening, there were rounds of Congress persons coming to the floor because of the physical distancing. They were voting in groups of a few at a time. And the social distancing, physical distancing was um, put in place and you had rounds of Congress people voting. There was no actual release of the breakdown of the vote. I think perhaps because of that particular way of doing the vote. And there was remote voting that was also voted on prior to the voting passage of this act. This new act, this HEROES Act, this new $3 trillion stimulus bill passed by a count of 208 to 199. That's a pretty darn close vote. Now, granted, not every single congressperson voted, but certainly a lot of them did. So 208 to 199 was the final passage of that HEROES Act. Even before the act had passed, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, the majority leader of the Senate, and who is also up for re-election this November out of Kentucky, said that he would not entertain this bill. He would not put this bill up for a vote. And if he did put it up for a vote, it would fail. Republicans make up the majority of the U.S. Senate. They have 53 members and all that would be required for this bill to pass in the Senate would be a majority vote. There would need to be at least, I guess, five. Five members of the Republicans, four or five members of the Republican Senate to cross over and vote. Again, this this package had protections for voters and for a stronger election infrastructure. It provided money for the U.S. Postal Service, something along the order of $20 billion, as opposed to the $10 million that Trump and the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin had been presenting to the U.S. Postal Service. But here's what that bill did not have. And this is what leaves me feeling very disappointed about the Democrats, particularly the House Democrats, especially the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who herself is up for re-election this coming November. It is important that the Democrats maintain the House. Obviously important that they win back the U.S. Senate. That is, I think, arguably the number one priority. Four Democrats would do it. If the Democratic Party could get a net gain of four seats this November in the Senate, 
they would control the Senate. It would be bye-bye Mitch McConnell as the majority leader of the Senate. And the Senate would be in Democratic hands. But again, what we also must make sure of is that the Democrats are able to hold on to the House. The House lost one Democratic member last week, or at least at least one Democratic challenger to replace Katie Hill in Orange County, California. She had to resign last year due to a scandal, and I'm sure you know all about it. And now you have a Republican who, at least at this point, is going to be challenging for November. I think he's going to either be a temporary challenge, a temporary seat holder, or he's going to be the challenger for that seat. However, it shakes out. And there was certainly some chicanery going on with that vote. Devin Nunez even admitted that there was ballot harvesting, which isn't the act of you know, it's, a, it's an act that is certainly not democratic, to say the least, of having groups of people saying, well, we'll send that ballot in for you. You don't have to worry about going to your local board of elections office. You don't have to worry about any of that. We'll take care of it for you. We'll even fill out your ballot for you. <laughs> people do fall for this. And usually... People, unfortunately, who are elderly, not in the position to move around so easily. People who have disabilities. And so when someone comes up to you and, you, and they say to you, hey, look, you know, we can do this for you. Let me do this for you. You don't, you don't have to leave. You know, look at the position that you're in. You know, you're especially in this pandemic. And you don't really want to risk going out there so you can just give me a ballot and, you know, we'll do this for you. By the way, this is legal in California where people can send in your ballot for you. This is the only state in the country where this happens, where it's actually okay to do this. I think that California should reconsider. I can tell you personally that I had done some canvassing earlier this year and I was given ballots to hand in. I mean, there would have been nothing stopping me from not turning them in. There would have been nothing stopping me from manipulating those ballots. Nothing whatsoever. I did not do any such thing, of course. I didn't manipulate the ballots. I turned them in. But in this particular race in Orange County, California, in Southern California, that did not happen. And the ballots were manipulated and then they were turned in manipulated. And then they were, you know, obviously, if they were going for the Democratic opponent, the ballot would not be turned in. If it was for the Republican opponent, the ballot would be turned in. If it was for the Democratic opponent, the ballot would be manipulated or not turned in. That's how that happened. But the issue is that this three billion, make that three trillion dollar heroes act was anything but heroic. Here is part of an article from Forbes by Shahar Ziv. 
This is dated May the 16th, 2020, and it is entitled Heroes Act Passes House, omits $2,000, recurring stimulus checks, and other notable items. No Paycheck Guarantee Act. Spearheaded by Representative Premier Jayapal and the Congressional Progressive Caucus, the Paycheck Guarantee Act would have guaranteed 100% coverage of workers' wages up to $90,000 a year. $90,000. The sponsors argued that given the economic carnage inflicted by coronavirus, Congress needed to think bigger and offer workers as well as businesses, non-profits and local governments of all sizes a better path forward in this uncertain environment. Interestingly, an analysis by Moody's chief economist Mark Zandi estimated that the net costs of the program would be $654 billion over six months, which is actually less than the two rounds of small business loans approved by Congress as part of the Paycheck Protection Program. Another interesting feature of the proposal would have taken out banks as the intermediary to disperse payments instead facilitating payments straight from the IRS to employers. And Shahar Ziv goes on to talk about the fact that the Paycheck Guarantee Act exclusion had led to this mini-rebellion amongst the progressives. And they had been saying that they were not going to vote for this act. They were going to vote against this Heroes Act. Turns out, though, that when all was said and done, even a vast majority of the members in the progressive wing of the party, the Democratic Party, fell in line with Speaker Pelosi and voted for this bill. A bill that did not include $2,000 monthly stimulus checks. Now, those monthly stimulus checks of $2,000 was proposed, have been proposed by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and I think Kamala Harris in the first bill from March, at least one of the bills from March, the one that passed in late March. And once again, they proposed it here, along with Senator Ed Markey, who's being challenged. I don't know why he's being challenged by fellow Democrat Joe Kennedy III. I have no idea why Joe Kennedy is challenging his fellow Democrat Ed Markey, who is doing a pretty darn decent job as a Democrat in the Senate from Massachusetts. Why, oh why, cannot Joe Kennedy wait or run for some kind of other office like governor of the state since Charlie Baker, a Republican, is currently the governor of Massachusetts? I think you would think that Joe Kennedy would probably want to occupy his time running for governor of the state 
rather than running against a fellow Democrat for the Senate. I have no idea why he's doing that. But Ed Markey, Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders again put forth this proposal in the Senate about this monthly $2,000 check so that everybody in the United States could, for the foreseeable future, have at least a little bit of something to live on. Now, I don't think, quite frankly, that $2,000 for the average person would be enough. If you're factoring in a family, if you're factoring in food, if you're factoring in bills, of course, if you're factoring in, I don't know, obviously the basic necessities that human beings need to live day by day, week by week. Then actually, I think even $2,000 falls a little short. But obviously $2,000 is far, far better than $1,200. At least it's is much better than $1,200, rather. And obviously as well, having these $2,000 checks as a monthly recurring thing would absolutely help people in this country. The HEROES Act included, uh, this is back to the article from Shahar Ziv in Forbes magazine. The HEROES Act included the proposal for a second round of direct payments to Americans, 1200 for an individual, 2400 for joint filers, and 1200 for up to three dependents. This one-time infusion of cash would provide relief to many Americans who exhausted their funds from the first round of stimulus payments, received a lower amount than anticipated, or are still waiting to receive it. I think many of us are in that latter category. By the way, do you know that billionaires in this country stole money from the payment protection plan for small business? They were able to not only access that money, but they stole that money from the small businesses, the actual mom and pop businesses. The mom and pop businesses were left holding the bag. They were betrayed. We were betrayed. And what you had happen is you had these greedy businesses, big businesses, who tried to get around, I called steal, the money by claiming that they were somehow small businesses. So they were stealing 10, 20, 30 million dollars that they did not need. Ruth Chris Steakhouse, Shake Shack, the Los Angeles Lakers, and another a number of others, taking money that did not belong to them. They stole it. And when they were shamed, they were shamed publicly. Only then did they give this money back. By the way, the money that they gave back, where exactly did that money go? And who received it? Did it go into the pockets of the Treasury Secretary? Did it go into the pockets of Donald Trump? Did it go into the pockets of some other Billionaires? The $350 billion worth of monies that have been passed 
I believe it was earlier this month or late last month, was supposed to reignite the failed PPP the first time. And the mom and pop businesses were supposed to receive monies. I don't know if they have yet. I would love to know if they have. Here's the mistake that the Democrats in the House made. And quite frankly, some of the senators in the Democratic Party as well, but mostly in the House. The House Democrats had all the power and they backed off. The bottom line is that Steny Hoyer, who again, up for re-election like all of these uh, House members are in November, Steny Hoyer was bristling back in March at the Republicans on the House floor. Oh my goodness, you waited for two more weeks to get another $16 million. Yeah, they did. They did that. But what did the Democrats do? What did you do, Steny Hoyer? What did you do, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House? Speaker Pelosi, what did you do? Did you push back? Did you refuse to buckle? Did you refuse any kind of grandstanding and threatening tactic by the Republicans in the House? Or did you capitulate? Did you cave? Did you say, well, we'll fight that battle for the next time? I'm going to read this portion of the article and it'll probably make many of you listening pissed off to say the least. Again, this is from the Forbes article dated May the 16th, 2020 from Shahar Ziv. Pelosi and Democrats chose the single payment route instead of a recurring stimulus payment that would have provided ongoing relief for up to 12 months. Representatives Ro Khanna and Tim Ryan had introduced the Emergency Money for the People Act, which had attracted increasing support from other House Democrats. Other similar proposals were introduced by Premier Jayapal and Rashida Tlaib in the House, as well as by counterparts in the Senate, as I mentioned, including a proposal by Ed Markey, Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders that would provide a monthly $2,000 check to those struggling to make ends meet during the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, a single check is not sufficient for households that are struggling during this health and economic crisis, said Senator Markey. Americans need more than just one payment. Why would Joe Kennedy be challenging Ed Markey for Ed Markey's Senate seat in Massachusetts when Ed Markey, and I get it, it's an election year, 
when Ed Markey is pushing for more money for the very constituents that Joe Kennedy wants to win over at Markey's expense. I really do hope that Joe Kennedy has reconsidered this and I have not followed the machinations in Massachusetts very carefully, so I must admit that to you. But I really do wish that Joe Kennedy reconsider if he hasn't already bowed out or lost out in some kind of primary challenge. Because I don't think that Joe Kennedy makes a lot of sense here. But even more than that, I am very disappointed, very disappointed in the House Democrats, specifically Speaker Pelosi and the corporate Democrats, because it is they who I think have capitulated the most. Speaker Pelosi has the power. I've talked about this before. I talked about this several weeks ago in an episode of this podcast. And in that episode, I had said that the Democrats had had a very poor week, a very poor last few months. Since the impeachment of Donald Trump last December, one week before Christmas, the Democrats in the House have not done very well. There is only one real victory that they have been able to get over the last few months, and that was for those many millions of people in this country who are unemployed, getting an unemployment extension and also benefits increased on top of what they have now from their respective state. That may have been the one victory. But aside from that, because, of course, the stimulus checks still haven't arrived for the vast majority of the American public, even though they are being mailed out. So maybe you have received yours by now. There's been very little to celebrate for the Democrats in the House. And I would really advise Democrats in the House to be very, very clear about November. It is not a fate accompli that you hold on to the House this November it would be best advised that you do a whole lot better in leading than what you have done here. Because a vast majority of people in the United States are being left betrayed, holding the bag, very, very substandard. You did not fight hard enough. People called your offices. They left the voicemails. They left the emails. They left the tweets. And you left them next to nothing. The Worker Relief and Security Act introduced by Senators Michael Bennett and Jack Reed, along with Representative Don Beyer, aimed to align relief with the span of the COVID-19 pandemic as opposed to allowing benefits to lapse after a fixed period of time. However, this proposal, along with automatic stabilizers of any kind, were left out of the HEROES Act passed by the House. Instead, the bill would simply extend the enhanced unemployment benefits through January 2021. 
Quote, there were a lot of important priorities and this wasn't at the top of the list, unfortunately, said Don Beyer. What are the Democrats doing? What are the House Democrats doing? No, 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 no. Let me be even more specific than that. What are the House leaders in the Democratic Party doing? I can assure you that they and their families are very well taken care of. They are very well taken care of. Speaker Pelosi does not have to worry about her economic situation. James Clyburn, the majority whip, does not have to worry about his economic situation. Steny Hoyer, the majority leader in the House, does not have to worry about his economic position. So why is it that millions of Americans have to continue to worry about their economic position? When it is you, Speaker Pelosi, when it is you, Majority Whip Clyburn, when it is you, Majority Leader Hoyer, who are in charge, when your party has the majority in the House. The voters in this country invested blood, sweat and tears Ensuring in 2018, at the midterms, that there would be a Democratic House. And so far, if we are honest with ourselves, the House Democrats, aside from impeaching Donald Trump, have done very little to move the needle for the vast majority of the American public. I know that the House Democrats have passed major legislation. They've passed five, six hundred pieces of it. I am not overlooking that. They have passed since the beginning of 2019. Five, six hundred pieces of legislation. And almost all of that is dying on the desk of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell the Republican from Kentucky. And I urge the good people of Kentucky to hold the Grim Reaper accountable this November and vote for Amy McGrath. She will certainly be an infinitely better leader for the state of Kentucky than Mitch McConnell has been. McConnell's ratings in Kentucky are in the sewer. But I don't think we should get very happy about that because we've got to make sure in Kentucky that you vote him out. I am very concerned about the House majority right now. Speaker Pelosi really has to be better. And we must participate in these elections. Midterms, general, you're going to have Republicans stealing votes. So we must turn out in droves.
But this is not a very good incentive for the average voter to turn out in droves, at least for these down ticket races. Because I think it is very important that voters vote down ticket. Every single race on that ballot must be voted in, must be voted. You cannot leave out races. But I do fear that some people might end up doing that when they find out that there have been no improvements to get funds to individuals more quickly or accurately. Shahar Ziv again here from his Forbes magazine article dated May the 16th, 2020. Problems with the CARES Act weren't limited to eligibility or duration of funding. They also involved executional mistakes. The process of delivering funds to individuals and small businesses was riddled with friction and complexity. Many individuals have still not received their stimulus checks from the CARES Act. Others receive checks but for a lower amount than expected and are being told by the IRS that they won't be able to receive the difference until 2021 when they file their taxes. Instead of spending over 1,800 pages on futile proposals, many not germane to the coronavirus pandemic, it would have behooved Democrats to develop proposals to deliver funds more quickly and more accurately to Americans. The Democratic Party were completely intimidated. They allowed themselves to be intimidated and pressured by the minority in the House, the Republican Party minority. It also doesn't even take into account the article, the fact that the legislation, at least some of this legislation, was written by Mitch McConnell himself. Not this round, but the previous round. Why didn't Nancy Pelosi fight back harder? There were phone calls to her office. There were phone calls to all of these individuals. And in the previous stimulus check, or at least the previous round of votes for the PPP, several weeks ago, only House member Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez voted against it because she said very clearly it did not protect the average person. It did not give anything to the frontline workers. She was absolutely correct. I think that the House Democratic leadership were intimidated. And with power, you should never be intimidated. You should be intimidating. And I don't think that Speaker Pelosi and the rest of the House Democratic leadership use their power wisely. Sometimes the Democratic Party has a hard time wielding power and using it effectively. And I really think that this is what happened in this case. How can you not fight for the average person? Well, the answer is very easy. If you are very moneyed and very comfortable and you are a member of the corporate Democrats and you are in a party that has gone from, from fighting for the working person to upholding the corporate status top 10%, top 5%, over the last 30 plus years, 
then you can completely understand why Speaker Pelosi and the rest of the upper echelon House leadership did very little to defend and protect the average person in this country. The bottom line is, is the average person in the United States during a time where over 90,000 people have died. And that's just a conservative estimate because I think it is at least twice that much right now as I record this on May the 17th, May the 18th, 2020. I think there's many more people than 90,000 in this country that have died from this coronavirus, this COVID-19. And the bottom line is, is that we have all been betrayed and left holding the bag. The question is, with a rampaging genocider in the White House, what are voters going to do this November in response to all of this? Visit the website IWillVote.com Please register to vote. Please check your voter registration and do so at least twice a month. The time is now. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.